Shalom, shalom, and welcome to another episode of God's Little Hummingbird, the podcast where we are reading through the Bible from the beginning to the end using the original language as a guide. Today we are in Deuteronomy chapter 15, and we are reading from the New King James Version Bible. So, without any further ado, let's begin. And I do pray, Father God, that you open our eyes, ears, and hearts to your truth and the many wonders hidden in your word. At the end of every seven years, you shall grant a release of debts. Now, this is the word Shemitah in Hebrew. And at the end of every seven years, you shall grant a release of debts. It's that freedom. Okay, so if somebody owes you money, you overlook it in that year. But I think it's also a sign of spiritual things as well. But let's continue on. And this is the form of the release. Every creditor who has lent anything to his neighbor shall release it. That means you're basically forgiving it, you're canceling the debt. He shall not require it of his neighbor or his brother because it is called Yahweh's release. Okay, and so it doesn't always make sense to us as humans why this would be, but what we do know is God does not want us in debt, right? Yahweh's very clear on that throughout all of the Torah. And what we know is that God has forgiven us of all of our debts, not just at the end of seven years, right? He, and the minute we say sorry, he forgives us. And um, I know there's some lies out there that people say, oh, you're forgiven <laughs> of everything, right? When you accept Yeshua or they say Jesus as your savior. Well, that's not true. You are forgiven when you repent, but he leads you on the path of forgiveness. He leads you on that pathway of repentance, Um and you can do, there's a prayer in the Psalms where you pray for unknown sins to be forgiven. So I guess in that case, he's covering you. But the point is, um, Yahweh is very merciful with us and forgives our sins. And it is, you know, it's likened to a debt in many ways because we do owe him. He paid the price that we were to pay. And so interesting that Father God tells us to do the same. He wants us to show mercy and grace. And, and we've had to do this many times. Um, and, and you are never to charge interest. I know we've already read those verses, but remember, it, you do not charge interest to your brother. So you are not making money off him. So in these situations, you're actually losing money. It is actually costing you. Now, on the reverse of that, remember this. If you owe someone money, the Bible says, says in the Proverbs, a wicked man borrows and does not repay. So I would say this verse is to test two people's hearts because there are times a person is in such dire needs, there's no way to repay it, which is how we are with Messiah. At the same point, if you get into a, a situation where you are able to repay it, I think if you have the spirit within you, you will surely do so. Um, and like I said, we've had a lot of people <laughs> who um, just never paid us back and that's fine. You just have to let it go because Yahweh will take care of us. But we would never, ever not, and I don't think we've ever had to borrow money from anybody, but if we did, um, I was trying to remember, I don't, I can't remember any time in our life where we've borrowed from anything. And um, But the point being, if we did, we would definitely make sure that we were paid off because I really think that this is twofold, right? If somebody gives you something, you make it right. If somebody helps you out, you help them back. So I think sometimes, and I'm sorry, I'm getting off on tangent here. Sometimes the poor physically are also poor mentally, not always. And please don't take that wrong. I'm not trying to be incorrect here. But I think sometimes spiritually what I have seen 
is some of the people who are impoverished in, in, in our world today are impoverished mentally as well. And I don't think they would be mean and they're not trying to be mean when they don't repay, but I don't think it even, I don't think they even comprehend. And those are the people like the Bible talks about, um, there's different levels in the kingdom and certain people are given more talents, uh, treasures, so to speak, or gifts. And I think those are the people you cover because I think there are certain people out there, uh, for whatever reason Yahweh made on the simpler side of things who really just don't understand. And so I guess I wouldn't say necessarily it's bad of them not to repay because I don't even know that they understand that. Um, they could pray for that understanding and I pray God would give them all that understanding. But it's very obvious that um, the body has toes, the body has legs, the body has hands, feet, eyes, ears. It all works together, but every some parts are a little bit more prominent than the other, like the brain and the heart and are a little bit more vital for for the continuance of the body than like the toes. So I guess I just wanted to <laughs> clarify what I was saying and what I'm thinking there. But okay, we'll continue on. Of a foreigner, you may require it, but you shall give up your claim to what is owed by your brother. So if it's a Gentile, you don't have to let it go. And I think that's why earlier on when they started the banking system, they made the Jews do it because um, the Jews... Well, obviously, if you follow Torah, those in Judaism, they won't borrow to their brothers for interest. But the Christians in those kingdoms forced the Jews into this section segment of society because Christians also, <laughs> they didn't like the Jews. And then they didn't want to be the ones charging interest, so they made the Jews do it. Well, and in the Jews' mind, those Christians weren't their brothers, so I guess it was okay by Torah. But what they don't understand is many of those Christians were Ephraimites. And so one of the things that we've done, no matter who asks us for money, we don't ever charge interest because how how do I know this person's not going to turn their life over to the Father? How do I know that the person who I'm helping out is not going to someday become my brother? So never, never would I want to live with that guilt of enslaving them. But we're going to read the verse coming up that God has always put in our hearts, but it's, it's coming up. It's in a few more. Let's keep reading. Except when there may be no poor among you. Did, did you get that? Okay, so let's go back to verse three. Of a foreigner, may you may require it, but you shall give up your claim to what is owed by you by your brother, except when there may be no poor among you. So if your brother's not poor, then they need to pay you back. I mean, if there's no poor, then then you can surely repay. And that's what Yahweh said. This doesn't... This doesn't pertain. If there's no poor, then of course you need to make it right. For Yahweh will greatly bless you in the land which Yahweh or Elohim has given you to possess as an inheritance. Only if you carefully obey the voice of Yahweh or Elohim to observe with care all these commandments which I command you today. You're supposed to guard them. For Yahweh or Elohim will bless you just as he promised you. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. No debt, people. No debt. You shall reign over many nations, but they shall not reign over you. I, I just love that. And that's the blessing, guys. The curse is the contrary to that. And we've, we'll see that. And we've all already read some of it. But when you borrow, it's a curse. The other thing is, is what godliness with contentment brings much greatness, right? It, just be content with what you have. If you don't have the money, then you aren't supposed to get that thing, Right? Now there do there do come there do arise situations where something happens of 
maybe lose your house in a fire or a car. And, and, and in that, those situations, maybe some people do have to help you out. But um, still not an interest, right? You're still not, you know, most likely in those situations they just give to you. But the point being, we're not supposed to borrow from people. If we don't have the money, wait until you have it. If there is among you a poor man of your brethren within any of the gates in your land, which Yahweh your Elohim has given you, you shall not harden your heart nor shut your hand from your poor brother, but you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly lend him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. Did you hear that? This isn't a tenth of your income. This isn't a fraction. This is you open your hand wide until his need. A need. Now, people don't abuse this. This is not for your desires. This is for a need. And what are your needs? You need food, you need clothing, you need shelter. Okay, this is for a need, most of those needs. And what the Bible says is you open your hand wide. Open your hand wide and you let him borrow. Because this is a test of your heart. Verse 9, beware lest there be a wicked thought in your heart saying, well, the seventh year, the year of release is at hand and your eye be evil against your poor brother, and you give him nothing. And he cry out to Yahweh against you, and it become sin among you. So remember, the evil eye is a... He- well, you probably don't know. Why would I say remember? The evil eye is a Hebrew idiom that talks about somebody who is greedy and selfish, and um, you're, you're not willing to just be helping to people. Now, sometimes this can be physical. Sometimes it can be spiritual. But that's a Hebrew idiom to have an evil eye. And so right here it says, be careful that your eye, right? And your eye be evil against your poor brother. That's why they get that. Don't have an evil eye. Don't. Your eyes are the light to the soul. You're supposed to show mercy and have God's eyes towards his people. And so if your eyes are hardened and you you refuse to see their situation as a need, your eyes can be darkened. And so if you ever start to lose your vision or have bad vision, Ask the Lord where your eye is evil or where you're short-sighted unto blindness. As um, I think it's Philip, uh, I can't remember. It's in the New Testament where it says it. Oh, it's actually Peter. And he says you're short-sighted under blindness because you forgot your own sin. Again, you're being evil with your eye because you're not extending grace and mercy to those people. And so one of the things that my mother had a dream about me where I had, I had gotten hurt deeply Um. And in the dream, um, this man was hurting me. This person was hurting me. And it caused me to have an evil eye. And Yavi spoke to me. And it wasn't about money. We, we, we've given, we never, <laughs> my husband and I have never struggled in that area. We just give. If somebody needs it, we just give. We don't ask. We, no, no questions asked. We just give what they want, give what they need. That's never been it. Um, but I was struggling to show mercy and forgiveness. And I only share these stories um, to help you because I see people always say, don't bring up past faults. Well, that's a bunch of poopy <laughs> because um, the Bible is full of stories of people who have had past faults and sins and they were written down. Those people were humble and they were godly enough to share. I mean, their, their stories are sharing shared for us to learn from. And so I share my stories with you to learn from. And I'm going to stop and share one more story. I had not underst- I wasn't understanding the tithe. I just knew I wanted to give to Father God. 
And I always try to set aside at least 10%, right? Like, just like, Lord, what do you want done with this? It's yours. The first part is yours. And yes, I understand the tithe is of the agriculture and the produce, right? So this is not a tithe. So I was like, Lord, I just want to give you a tenth. I just want to honor you. Well, one day I'm driving down a street, small little town, and there's a man at the gas station. And the Lord says, go and pray for that man for me to heal him because he was crippled. So I stopped, laid hands on him, and nothing happened. I was so embarrassed. And the guy didn't even believe in God. So I get in my truck, and I'm so embarrassed. I said, Father, I actually, it was in a Susie Trupeth time. And I was like, what in the world? Like, you told me to stop. I'm so embarrassed, Lord. Nothing happened. And the Lord says, you don't know where I'm working. And I didn't know what it meant. And I think it was two weeks later, maybe like a week and a half to three weeks later, I'm driving, and I see that same pickup. And the man is sitting in his pickup with his head laid back on the seat. And the father said, stop and, and go talk to him. And I'm so, like, this is right when I came to Torah. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like, this guy already thinks I'm in that case. Like, I spent 30 minutes praying for him and telling him how God was real, and then nothing happened. <laughs> like, Father God, no, I can't go talk to this guy. And the Lord says, go. So I pulled over <laughs> and I walk up to the guy, all apologetic, because he's sitting in his pickup in this apartment complex. And I said, I know... Oh, I know you don't believe in God. I know, I know, I know. And I know for whatever reason he chose not to physically heal you that day. But I just wanted to check on you and see if you're okay and say hi. And he said, well, I'm losing my apartment today. And I heard the father say, go get him the money. So he had mentioned the price. And I, so I didn't tell him what I was doing. I said, hey, could you just hold on one second? So I ran over to my vehicle, got the 10% out which was, I don't know, like $30 short or something like that of his amount. And I took it over to him. And I said, I know you don't believe in God. And I know that I don't understand all these, um, why you weren't physically healed. But I know God told me to stop today and talk to you again. And here's money to help you. And it was like, like I said, $30 short. And the guy just started almost crying. He sets up, and his, he was drunk as a skunk. But he sits up and you could tell he was getting sober. And he said, wow, he goes, you don't understand. I'm starting to believe in God. And I physically heard God at that moment say, see, I was healing his heart. You didn't see the healing I was doing when you laid on hands. He said, you looked for the physical, but I was healing his heart first. And I'm like, wow, just overwhelmed in the moment. And then I got in trouble because <laughs> the guy you know, because it was like $30 short. He goes, oh, I know I can find the other $30. Thank you so much. I believe in God, blah, blah, blah. And I walked away and I heard the Lord say, why did you stop? Why did you stop at the 10%? And I said, well, that I guess that was our set aside money to give. And he goes, no. He goes, you open your hand wide and you meet their need all. And of course, that was a huge lesson for me. Never stop at the 10%. Never stop at anything. There's no limit. You open your hand wide to the hand of God, to those people, and God will repay. And so, and, and we've done that many times. And, and to be honest, often it backfires on us. Recently, we helped some friends out. We gave them a job. Uh, money was kind of tight for us, but we were begging Yahweh to show us how we could help them. And he put on our hearts to let the man do this one job. And anyway, it backfired. It was crazy because we did it. It was just crazy. Um, but Yami has to test hearts. Um, but we did it just to help them. But my point is, I guess, like, sometimes you're going to help people. And you're going to do things. But it's not going to come back. 
and look good. <laughs> Think about God. Every single day he helps us and how many people curse him. Every single person on this earth gets oxygen from them, food from him, whatever. Um, but just keep doing good no matter what they do. The other thing is in that story is we often look for the physical, but we forget there's a deeper level of healing. And yeah, I've laid hands on people. I mean, and they've been healed. I, I remember the very first time it happened, I felt like electricity come out of my hand. Um, and she looked at me, snapped her head back. She goes, I was just healed. I said, I know. <laughs> and it was like, so sometimes that happens. Um, but sometimes, I mean, I've seen babies brought back to breathing. I've seen animals healed. But I've also seen where God said no. And so sometimes the healing is deeper. And we have to let God be God. And so I just want to share that little story with you just to encourage you and the other story about the evil eye, just so that no matter what happens to you, again, kind of linking it to the story where people are, if they can use you, abuse you, be mean to you, you still do good. Keep your eyes pure, open your hand, open your heart, so to speak, and just offer mercy, grace, and forgiveness. Now, it doesn't mean you're supposed to fellowship with everybody. It doesn't mean you're supposed to let in those demons. That's not what I'm saying. Jehoshaphat got in trouble for helping the wicked. King Asa had to put out his mother for celebrating his grandmother for doing Easter still. So even though you may have to cut off fellowship with people, you don't have to hate them. Don't be angry. Don't treat them as enemies. So I don't know, a long story of encouragement, but I hope it helps somebody. Verse 10, you shall surely give to him and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him because for this thing, Yahweh, your Elohim will bless you in all your works and in all to which you put your hand. So did you hear, again, remember the thing, it was like, don't, don't fear that seventh year of release. Give to him with no expectation of return because God will take care of you. For the poor will never cease from the land. Therefore, I command you saying, you shall open your hand wide to your brother, to your poor and your needy in your land. If your brother... A Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman is sold to you and serves you six years, then in the seventh year you shall let him go free from you. And when you send him away from you, you shall not let him go empty-handed. I think that's kind of neat. Like when you're setting him free, you're actually sending him on his way with items. You shall supply him liberally from your flock, from your threshing floor, and from your wine press. From what Yahweh your Elohim has blessed you with, you shall give to him. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and Yahweh your Elohim redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this thing today. So this is your brother. Six years he has served you, kind of like the indentured servant thing. And he's worked for you to build your wealth. And basically, when he goes on his way, you help him start his life if he leaves. But there's another clause, verse 16. And if it happens that he says to you, I will not go away from you because he loves you and your house since he prospers with you, then you shall take an awl and thrust it through his ear to the door. So this is he pierced his ear. It's not wrong to pierce your ears, people, um, in this way. And he shall be your servant forever. Also to your female servant, you shall do likewise. So if you belonged to them, you pierced your ear to the door. Well, the, you, you put it against the door so that when the awl went through, it had something hard against which to strike, and then it would just go through your ear. Yikes. <laughs> Makes my... I'm sorry, it made me like cringe thinking of the pain. But I always have that picture with my own self. When Yahweh tells me to put in my earrings, I always feel um, that I'm pierced to the door for him, that I'm his. And he has me wear these little pearls, <laughs> which I love. The wisdom, I just want to be, I want to have his wisdom uniting us. And that's what I want in his, my ear, his words, his wisdom, his pearl of wisdom. 
It shall not seem hard to you when you send him away free from you, for he has been worth a double hired servant in serving you six years. Then Yavir Elohim will bless you in all that you do, all the firstborn males that come from your herd and your flock you shall sanctify to Yavir Elohim. You shall do no work with the firstborn of your herd, nor shear the firstborn of your flock. Now that's interesting. And I don't always, like I said before, I don't. We talked about it in previous chapters. I don't exactly know how to fulfill that in the land. I mean, in in America, because that's for in the land. But um, I th- think it's interesting that the firstborn you can't even work with. You can't work them, and or shear them, but you have to give them to Yahweh. You have to eat them. Actually, verse twenty: You and your household shall eat it before Yahweh your Elohim year by year in the place which Yahweh chooses, which we know is Jerusalem. But if there is a defect in it, if it is lame or blind or has any serious defect, you shall not sacrifice it to Yahweh or Elohim. You may eat it within your gates. The unclean and the clean person alike may eat it as if it were a gazelle or deer. Only you shall not eat its blood. You shall pour it on the ground like water. So, <laughs> I'm not exactly certain how you would handle the animal, I suppose, here in America. I mean, we we do have the firstborn of our flocks and herds, and I'm always asking Yahweh, but <laughs> careful, we don't have um, sheep right now, we just have goats, cows, chickens, and stuff like that, but um, I'm always asking Yahweh, so I don't mess up, <laughs> you know, how do I honor this law here in America, because this is written specifically for the land of Israel, because I can't go to Jerusalem, I can't take it there, do I save the money, do I sell it and save the money, and then someday use it there in Jerusalem with Messiah, I don't know, but if any of you have ideas, I'd love to hear from you, And may Father God bless you all today. Have a blessed and beautiful Sabbath.